Welcome to episode six of the Nosebleeds podcast presented by Old Rose Sports. I'm your host, Alden. As always, we've got Nick Watts and Gonzo with us. And this week, we're also bringing on our friend Beef from FSU. What's up, Beef? What's up, soldiers? He's going to help us uh, break down the ACC. We've got an awesome show today. We're going to be talking some breaking news in sports, uh, specifically Cam Newton being back in the league. So that's a good thing. Uh, LeBron and J.R. Smith are getting back together. We're talking some July 4th uh, topics. So we got it all today. Um, so sit back and enjoy this episode of The Nosebleeds. Making that time right behind my back. And I'm talking to myself at night because I can't forget. Back and forth through my mind behind a cigarette. And we're back on episode six of the Nosebleeds podcast. Uh, talking some breaking news, Cam Newton is back in the league while Gonzo plays beer pong with himself. So we're, uh, what has everyone got to say? I mean, Interruption, interruption. You're, all right, so you're telling me Cam Newton is getting paid $7.5 million Max when your contract? Max. Max? Yeah, so it's a minimum deal of like one mil, something like that, one point oh five, with incentives that add up to like seven point five or some shit like dude, that. Dude, that's that's nothing. That's what I'm concerned about is because I I've seen quarterbacks like what Nick Foles. I saw something on Facebook. Nick Foles was getting paid what twenty one million for where is he at? I don't even know. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> what? Cam Newton's a way higher tier quarterback, and I feel like he's not getting right paid. Well, I mean, it gets a one year contract, but I feel like he should be getting some more. You know? Well, the funniest thing is that Chase Daniels getting paid more com- than uh, Jameis Wilson and Cam Newton combined. So yeah. Alden would like that. Yeah, he's a, yeah. he's well, a Lions quarterback. Um, I'm just happy. I'm just happy for you, Nick, because you know we've covered it several times on a couple different episodes, and I know you were very concerned about why Cam hadn't been signed. So I'm just happy for you that you know. It's finally no. finally happened, and honestly, in hindsight, it all makes sense. It's the classic Patriot way, in the sense that they just waited and waited and waited for his value to keep declining, and Bill Belichick swooped in like a fucking eagle and picked him up. And I feel like they knew they knew they wanted to sign him months ago, but I'm sure he just wanted to keep it under wraps. That way, there was no bidding war or anything like that. So he just swooped in, signed him to a one year deal, and boom, the Patriots are going to be are much improved now. I think I bet Bill Belichick. I don't know if you guys agree. I bet he's already like probably texting Cam Newton in that weird font that Cam Newton oh, like. Fuck out of here! There's no way. He's he's definitely like already deciphered the font. <laughs> no, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is gonna find a way to use that as like the Navajo code, like they use in World War Two. Like yeah. he's gonna find a way to use that in all his playbooks and shit like that. That's why he wanted him. Oh, the other thing is too. Cam Newton is going to have so many weapons that he's not even going to know what to do with it because Carolina gave him shit while he was playing there. So he's probably going to be confused by the, the fact that he Dude, he's going to he's going to take he's going to take the the bagger at the target, the uh, the guy down at the uh, at the local Walmart and um, the local guy at the liquor store, and they're going to like turn him into all pro wide receivers down there in New England or up there in New England. <laughs> Dude, Cam Cam is is in such a good spot for himself because. 
What he had, Caroline, excuse me, Carolina never, never, never gave a fuck about his development or anything. They never set him up with any sort of set talent around him. The one time they did, they signed, Kelvin, they drafted Kelvin Benjamin. Turns out he's like 280 pounds. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what he has with talent around him. Like, I think that's honestly going to set him apart. Plus, I will say on the other, on the other hand, we'll have to see how, how the offensive line does. I know they struggled a bit last year, but I'm well, sure they, they'll get they, back. Back. Remember, David Andrews was out with like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a perfect situation for everybody. You know, he gets he gets to prove himself, and the Patriots get to have a waiver on a guy that could potentially be a top quarterback in the league, and so, was at one time the best quarterback in the league. So why not? So we get, we'll go around here now that now that they uh, New England has signed him. Uh, do the Patriots win the division? I'll start it off. I'll say I think they probably do. I bet they – I think they win again. What do you guys think? Dude, for sure. For sure they win the division. I mean, they're just – they're stacked. They've always been stacked. And I honestly feel – I mean, it's a tough call, but I feel like Cam Newton's going to fit in beautifully in place for Brady. Yeah, That's I all think I'm thinking. I think it's really going to be neck and neck between them and the the Bills this year. Um those two teams, it's going to really depend on the, the quality of the quarterback play. And the Bills probably have uh, a bit more solid of, a, of an actual, like, defense and just a unit in general. But you never know. The thing about the Patriots, what sets them apart is obviously the coaching staff. So, I would give the nod to the Patriots, but slimly over over the Bills. Um, and I, I do expect Josh Allen to take another step, as he did last year. So, I think it will be an beast. interesting – it's interesting call next year. It's going to be going to be good, good division to watch. And he's got Stefan Diggs now. Gonzo, yeah. what, 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 are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. And, dude, I think the Bills are going to take it. The Bills were hot last year. Like Nick said, Josh Allen's going to go ahead and take another step. They brought yeah. up Stephon Diggs. They drafted Zach Moss from Utah. That defense is only going to get more seasoned. Tredavious White is going to make his case for being the top corner in the league. Um and Kim is just getting to, like, New England. And, dude, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I think Bill Belichick is going to have, like, a headache um, calling X's and O's with Cam Newton because Cam Newton's X's and O's aren't traditional American English with all that fucking weird asterisks and shit. And, you know, yeah, no. Nah. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, I, I got to say, like, I don't think that's a bad take. Like, I mean – I think it's going to be close. I just, I think I trust Bill Belichick in the Patriot way a little more than I trust the Bills, especially like the Bills Dude. had every chance to win that playoff game last year and they blew it. And that's my concern with them is that they can't close, you know? I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of people talking about the fucking Patriots, though. Like, bro, like, talk about the Bills, man. That, that Bills Mafia is fucking insane, too. Like, imagine Bills Mafia in an AFC championship game. I really think it's going to be neck and neck just because you look at the Bills and the Bills are steadily improving. I will say for the Patriots case, Cam Newton does have a history of being able to – he did it in college a couple times, right? He went to – he didn't go to Florida, then community college, then went to Auburn for like a year or two. So he has proven in the past his ability to pick up a playbook and learn it pretty quickly, which, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, you hope he can do the same there because I'm sure that's not an easy playbook to learn at all. So if he can do that, uh, I like the Patriots' odds. I really think – I think 
there's a 75% chance the Patriots are very successful and win the division. And then I think there's a 25 chance, 25% chance that they just absolute shit the bed. And Cam Newton gets injured and they have a host yeah. of problems. Have you so, guys heard that horseshit report though? That like people are out there saying, oh, Cam Newton's not going to be given the job. Like, oh, dude, Cam Newton's definitely going to start day one. Stidham's going to be, Stidham uh, is going to be sitting on the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, Cam's, you don't, like, you don't bring Cam in on that deal for him to not play. Yeah. I just, okay, yeah. speaking of the Patriots, though, continuing on with them, uh, they got caught again. Holy another God. another Spygate scandal in New England. Um, so they got fined $1.1 million and they lost a draft pick, a uh, third-round pick this coming year. My problem, it was they, I guess, were, like, illegally recording the Bengals and Browns game. Like, what were they doing? Why did they need to illegally record the Bengals and the Browns? Like, of all teams, to illegally record, you know? <laughs> well, the thing that I, I will say, I think the NFL takes it way too far against the Patriots because other teams have had scandals like this recently, especially look at the Ravens. They literally had earpieces for every single fucking person on the sideline, and they were tapped in everywhere. So I think Roger Goodell just has a vendetta against the Patriots because they always seem to one-up him in everything he does. Every time he tries to put them down, they always, you know – when it go out the next year and win a championship. So I really do think the NFL has a vendetta against them. And it's like, yeah, I think that they're a shady organization, but if you're going to punish, if you're, yeah, if you're going to punish one team, you got to punish the rest, or if you're not going to punish the rest, then don't punish one team, you know? So that's kind of my stance on it. And at the end of the day, this is just a drop in the bucket. This isn't much for the Patriots. Patriots, yeah. you know, they're going to be fine. What do you think, Beef? Uh, you think it's like? Do you think it's tarnished uh, Kraft and Belichick's legacy to have this keep happening to him, or you think nobody cares? Dude, I don't think anybody gives a shit. Belichick's such a beast. Like you think him getting caught, and it wasn't. I saw a report. He wasn't directly involved with the filming. It was like it was, it was the for the TV show. It was like the Patriots TV or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm. The whole situation confuses me. But I don't think this is touching him or Kraft's legacy whatsoever. I think they're fine. I think this is just a big up. mishap with with why they were filming it. What were they doing? It was just a big miscommunication with the organization. I don't think anything's going to come out of it but that 1.1 mil, which isn't shit for NFL teams. So, Gonzo, what do you think? Yeah, dude. So, like, I'm on board with that. Like, I think in the grand scheme of things, they're still going to be considered, you know, a top owner and coach in league history. I just think in terms of like GOAT status for the coach, um, Bill Belichick, it's going to – dude, have a damper. Look, I have a list right here of some of the shady shit that this guy's been up to. So back in 01, even though it technically wasn't illegal, that's when you had the Charles Woodson, Tom Brady tough rule. Yeah. That shit happened. Then in 07, you had the Spygate. In 14, you falsified injury report allegations. You mislabeled Brandon Spikes and Aqib Tlaib during that year. Then 14, Everyone does that, though. Yeah. Deflate game, deflate gate begins. At, remember that? Popped up after they just oh, shit dude, on I forgot game. about deflate gate. Deflate gate, yeah. Then first game of 2015, that's when the Pittsburgh Steelers were having the headset malfunction. Oh, during yeah. On primetime TV. And, dude, now you got this shit and, like, if it was one or two incidents, then I would have been like, all right, just brush it off. But there's just so much shit that's on this list right now that, like, it's obvious that they're trying to – oh, and that doesn't even touch this year 
when they started that fucking annoying uh when you're punting on fourth down that you're going to take the false start to keep running the clock out no that dude was- that was that was the titans they did it against the patriots oh whatever dude I mean, here's here's my thing. I don't think it tarnishes their their legacy at all. I, th- I think what it just shows is that the best people, like the best competitors in the game, they want to compete twenty four seven. They want to get as much of an edge as they possibly can, and so like a lot of those rules were literally created after the Patriots abused them. Like the Tuck rule wasn't even on the Patriots. That was NFL, NFL officiating. Um, so like I I don't think that what they're doing is necessarily. I mean it's 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 definitely immoral in a sense but at the same time i know other teams are probably doing the same shit they are just to a lesser uh, success rate so in that so in, in that case that's why i'm kind of like well they're probably they're just getting an edge they know how to use that edge and they've proven that in the past for six championships i just and so you know yeah i just really want to know like what they were recording at the Bengals and browns game on the sideline like Dude, I don't even know, man. Like, you know, you think about they could have probably lined up, you know, their third team and they could have beat the Cincinnati Bengals last year. Like, what the hell were they recording? You know? <laughs> Dude, maybe they were just uh using the recording as like a farce to try to talk to AJ Green so they can get him out of that contract and bring him to New England. <laughs> well, speaking That's of that, I've got I got a so we were gonna go ahead and talk about uh some free agents in the NFL. I got a thought. So Antonio Brown's still sitting around. There's no better place, I think, for him to land than New England. You know, I think that's what's going to happen. New England's going to bring him back just to spite Tom Brady. So they're, they're going to line <laughs> up. With, <laughs> they're going to line up with Cam Newton and Antonio Brown week one. And uh, they're going to, they're going to get Antonio Brown on that, you know, that code secret code of Cam. They're going to teach him the language and they're going to run through the Dude, AFC. They, they already tried that, man. That, that was a failed experiment. I think the Patriots already have enough talent around them where they really don't need that toxic energy from Antonio Brown, who literally uh, not only – he alienated himself from the Steelers, alienated himself from the Raiders right after, then alienated himself from the Patriots no less than like four weeks later, had a huge like domestic violence case against him. I just wouldn't touch him right now. He needs to go see some help. It's so, it's so like when you look at, you know, it's hard to even keep track of Antonio Brown's egregious errors throughout the course of this past year. First, he tried to freeze his feet off. And then when that didn't work, he went, went up to Mike Mayock, the GM of the Raiders, and told him that he wanted to be traded. And if they didn't trade him, that he was going to like beat him up or something, right? And he said, Dude, he and the, yeah. the whole helmet thing, too. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's like, if I can't oh, wear yeah. this helmet from 1967, then I'm not going to play. <laughs> Wait, so he tried to freeze his feet off now? No, yeah. he went through cryotherapy treatment and like completely no did it the wrong way on. with no shoes or anything on. So his feet basically froze off and he had this terrible skin problem for a few weeks for the Raiders. What it just ended up happening is he just didn't want to play for the Raiders. So instead of just being an honest, normal person, kept trying to get hey, try to try to find as many excuses as possible not to play. And meanwhile, I don't, I don't think he ever even played it down for the, the Raiders, did he? No. No, that's ridiculous. Dude, the, the thing that was the craziest about that was seriously when he was like, if I can't wear this helmet from like the 1980s, then I'm not going to play like football. It was a huge thing. He was finally <laughs> – Like just wear a different helmet. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. And keep in mind that any team that does that right now, which I do think he'll get another chance, he's facing like an eight-game suspension. I think that it would be the most Tampa Bay thing to just be like, all right, 
go and fucking bring AB over here. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Tampa Bay strapped with cash. I got, like, kind of a sleeper team, even though not really a sleeper team. Um, I think AB's going to go and link up with Russell Wilson in Seattle. No, they already got one troublemaker over there. They don't need two. Josh Gordon's a free agent. He's another free agent. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Gordon's another free agent. And I actually – I think Josh Gordon's going to go and link up with Brady in Tampa. Well, they didn't they legalize weed now, so Josh should be good. He can do whatever. Yeah, he but he still has to file for reinstatement. That's <laughs> yeah, insane. Yeah, dude, he's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna get reinstated. Just like bro, the Cowboys sound signed Alden Smith, who was blazing up like every day. Bro, I guarantee Alden Smith. Yeah, dude, Alden, Alden Smith had way more issues than just smoking weed. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was like he had some domestic oh, issues and yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he beat up his wife, yelled bomb in the airport, <laughs> and he got still got reinstated. That. That's what I'm saying. Like Josh Gordon should have no problem getting reinstated. Yeah, dude, I, I guarantee NFL. Josh Gordon. Yeah. Josh Gordon will definitely show up high on the field. Like I guarantee it. You're gonna see him in a game. Dude, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon got so bad. I mean, my God, the NFL was just out to get him for smoking fucking weed. He wasn't really doing anything villainous at all. Like that's all he had. That was the only problems he had was literally just smoking weed. And the NFL treated him like he was a fucking crack addict. And I was just like, can you guys just let this one one? Yes, dude. Like, one of the best wide receivers' talents of all time. Like, in the span that he actually played consistently, like, nobody could touch him. And they basically just ruined the prime of his career just because they could. Yeah, can you imagine, like, the NFL stance that they have right now was, like, applied when Josh Gordon came into the league? Like, how we would be talking about him right now. Oh, yeah. Boys, did you all see the – I think it just came out today. I saw it on Twitter. Ezekiel Elliott – on like Xbox Live or oh. something. Oh, he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, I'm working. He faded right now. <laughs> he forgot to cut it out of his mic, and now he's facing some shit too. Yeah, you know. See, here's my. It, it's incredible. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and blame him, but you know, it's just incredible to me. It's amazing because, like, Josh Gordon, for example. I get that the NFL, it was kind of a stupid rule, but like when you're talking about millions of dollars at stake in the words of Stephen A. Smith, how could he not lay off the damn weed? Like seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just irresponsible at that point. Pot than, you know, getting his money. Yeah. I mean, I get that, but it's also just, it's tough, especially since I know in the NFL in the past, you know, players have been smoking weed for, for decades. They just, you know, the drug testing just isn't very strict. But once you get on the radar, then they continue to drug test you constantly. So I oh, bet yeah. you it's tough when everybody else around you is smoking weed. And then you're like, well, I want to smoke weed too. And then but they're going to drug the test one that, me. Yeah, you're going to get the drug test. And so I think that's probably where he's coming from in that sense. Yo, um, beef. I, I've always been a huge fan of Josh Gordon. I hope he comes back, gets reinstated, and has a yeah. good rest of his career, you know? Yeah. Yo, Beef, I got to ask you. So you brought up Ezekiel Elliott. He, his defense was he said he meant that he was drunk. Are you buying it or no? Dude, I'm not <laughs> buying it. But they ha- they also can't really prove that he was actually smoking weed. Oh, so he's I don't definitely going to have some deal. people from the NFL. Well, that dude like, was definitely door. high off some shit. There's no way. He was I bet you he was after tomorrow. drinking some fucking noonish or something. Come on. I bet you he could he could throw out like a coronavirus offense, be like, "Hey, I can't take a drug test right now. I don't want people in or out of my house." Ooh. So I, I mean, he might actually get away with it just because, you know, it's on Ooh, him, boy, and smart. he could say he could pull a coronavirus offense and probably get out of it if they were to try to drug drug test him. That's a Bill Belichick loophole right there, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, watch watch the Patriots bring in A B and Josh Gordon. Get the they already fuck brought in out both of, of here, those guys. No they brought in both of those guys. Josh Gordon was good uh, for stretches, and he kept getting fucking booted. And uh, AB had a, one touchdown, then decided to beat up his wife, and uh, boom, he was out of there too. So, no, I think I really think for for Antonio Brown, he's gonna need a huge just like PR revival if he's gonna ever expect to get back in the league. I mean, he's just an all-time fucking idiot. Um, and if I was a team, I wouldn't touch him with a ten-foot pole just because he's you just not a guy to come out about him. Yeah, and he's just not a guy you can tell when he when he when he plays the game. Sure, there are a lot of flashy wide receivers, but they still really want to win, right? Mm-hmm. He's not one of those guys that just seems like a team player at all. He seems like a type of guy that really only cares about the shine on him. Uh, and it's not it's not bad to be cocky. It's not bad to want you know your own success, but you have to have a little bit of um, team chemistry. And he just doesn't seem to ever have that. All right, so, so, so um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's. I think it's good points. It's going to be interesting to see where those two go um, or if they go anywhere, like what teams willing to take that chance. But um, moving on, uh, NBA is, you know, very close now to coming back, but their players are dropping like flies for one reason or another. They're either getting the Rona or they're now like just saying that they're going to skip the season. What do we think? Do you think that too many of them are going to skip that they just can't play? No, I think they're going to have to play because of the CBA, and they know that the owners are going to have control over that. Um, I see why the players wouldn't want to play. You know, they're they obviously have outside obligations right now, um, with not only Corona but also because of all the protests and the the shit that's going on with our social justice system right now. So, or or justice system right now. So, I think I, I get where they're coming from, but I also think um, that you know, they're going to have to play because the owners have complete control and they're not going to want to give up those future rights Mm -hmm. right now uh, to skip the season. I think um, uh, uh, Fred Van Fleet put it pretty well. I saw he had a statement on Twitter. He said – He didn't want to play, right? But but he knows that there's an obligation to play Mm -hmm. for the betterment of the league and for the rest of the players. So I think he put a – I think he probably spoke pretty well for the rest of the NBA – in a sense and he also said fuck yeah i want to play basketball i really want to play basketball because all these guys are competitors at at the core and uh so i think he put it well in the sense of like he wants to compete he wants to play but he also doesn't know if it's the right decision right now which i think is a fair point well this this whole deal with all these players saying that they're going to skip it or whatever has caused a lot of like free agent signings on this team not the or in the league not the least of which is J.R. Smith to the Los Angeles Lakers. So LeBron LeBron and J.R. are teaming back up for the playoff run. That kid get contacts yet? Is he still buying his bet? No, he – I mean, dude, I don't know. But I know he put the ink on the paper today. I am so fucking excited to see him. What what do we think is going through LeBron James' mind right now? He's got to be so mad. Dude, he's fucking pissed. LeBron LeBron probably made that move. There's yeah, no move that there's no move that doesn't go past LeBron. Come on, yeah, he's LeBron, the he's the judge, the jury, and the executioner for whatever yeah. team he wants to go to. LeBron, and that's also a great take. Yeah, 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 yeah I didn't bro. think of it like that. Bro, Dude, LeBron's gonna end up with a fifty percent stake in the Lakers once he retires. I just I don't understand. <laughs> I what are the odds that if J.R. Smith makes even like 
that's the thing. If J.R. Smith makes even the like the smallest error, like everybody's just gonna go back to the meme from 2017. Yeah, that one meme with LeBron like throwing his like hands the first time, like the first time he throws a pass away and LeBron like rolls his eyes or something. We're gonna be right back to where we were three years ago. But yeah, but I will I say, look forward to that. I think it is classic LeBron though. He likes to sign players that he's comfortable with, and while that one image, that one image basically branded J.R. Smith for the rest of you know his time in the NBA, but. I think LeBron likes to play with players that he's comfortable with. He's played with JR for several years, so he knows what he's about. He knows JR's strengths and he knows JR, JR's weaknesses. And also, like JR Smith, it's just good to have him back on like a competitive team, too, because watching him play basketball, he has so many flashes of brilliance with flashes of complete idiocracy, like 50% of the time. But when he's on, he's on. Like, there's no better shooter in the league there's no one more electric in the league when jr is coming off the bench putting up like 13 threes a game and I can't sometimes he hits see. them all sometimes he misses them all which makes it awesome i can't wait to see the chemistry on that lakers team with uh with jr smith dwight howard uh what's the little white dude uh Russo! Russo? <laughs> dude alex some some fucking idiots on twitter were like yeah, Caruso's probably a top 20 player in the league right now. I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Alex Caruso is like G League talent, but everyone likes him, so he's in the NBA. Yes, because he's just he, like he makes some like weird-looking like Italian like dude, and he just looks fucking ridiculous every time he walks. He's got yes. male pattern baldness, looks like a fucking gypsy. Y'all remember that Hell guy? Yeah. Chris Anderson. <laughs> Dude, I was just thinking, you guys were talking about Brian. I was like, you remember that guy with the tattoo? Is he, what, a, I mean, did he retire some? I haven't heard that name in forever. I'm out of the loop with the NBA. Oh, yeah, he's long gone. He's long he played, gone. He played Damn, for the he Heat. was my hero. That was your hero. <laughs> Fucking Birdman. Yeah. He has shit. Oh, yeah. He he was good. He was electric. Y'all remember that? Just yeah, electric. back when he was with the dude. Heat, that was crazy. Those teams were so Unreal, crazy. dude. The energy he brought to the stadium. Yeah, man. Spoke and be Unreal. like, yo, you're going to play three and a half minutes right now. And he's like, all right, coach. And then, bro, yeah. blow off for those three and a half minutes. Dude, he went out just so fired up every time. Oh, my God. Did you guys hear um, – I forget which team tried to spearhead it. I think it was the Kings or some, something like that. Uh, or no, no, it was the Pistons. It was the Pistons. They tried to push the fucking NIT for the NBA. They were like, we should have a, a Oh, yeah, they wanted to do a tournament for the like, 18th. Fuck no, what the, the fuck? This isn't college basketball. I'm not trying to play a fucking NIT, National Invitational Tournament. Well, as, as a Pistons professional fucking basketball, are you kidding me? As a Pistons fan, I don't agree with it. The, they said they were doing it because Pistons are a young team, so they wanted to get their players like uh, Sekou Dumboya, like some practice and stuff. But I'm thinking, like, who's going to want to restart their season for meaningless games, you know? Yeah. I mean, no other team. No, like, there are very few teams that would actually gain from that. Like, the Warriors would literally gain nothing from that. Yeah. They would actually just roll out the Santa Cruz Warriors, and you guys can play them if you want to. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about July 4th, and then we're going to dive into the ACC with our, uh, with our friend Beef. So uh, oh, we yeah. got all after the break. Uh, stick around. Good things. All we need. Good things, good things, good things. Tonight we go all night long. We party like Post Malone. Don't tell me to go. Oh, oh. Yeah, we are. 
And we are back on the Nosebleeds podcast. We want to go ahead and take this time to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Lucky Sperm Club. Sponsor alert. Go follow Luck at Lucky Sperm Club USA on Instagram. They've got the uh, some of the best and uh, coolest new clothing coming out. Uh, drops every Saturday. Um, there are some guys down from FSU, Florida State, um, down in Beef's territory. Oh, yeah. um, they're they're great guys uh, been talking with them a lot um, and their merch is super sick so yeah go ahead and uh, check them out at Lucky Sperm Club USA on Instagram uh, give them a follow and check out their merch it's proven it is scientifically proven if you are caught wearing some Lucky merch what is it? Lucky Sperm merch you are proven to have way more sex than other people it's just a fact <laughs> So you better go swipe up on their stories and get your merch today. Go to LuckySpermClubUSA.com as well if you want to go directly to buy some stuff off their site. They have a ton of cool options. They have hats, shirts, hoodies, everything you could possibly want. Go to Lucky Sperm Club. I know I will be. All right. Go check them uh, out. Yeah. All right. Now uh, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about July 4th. Obviously, that's coming up. Um so we, we put up a, a story on our Instagram page about uh, best 4th of July food to munch on. And we got some interesting responses, but I wanted to go ahead and start off with you guys. What is, what is your go-to? Uh, and then we'll potato get to some salad. of the... What is it? Potato salad. I Weak. fucking hate potato salad. Dude, Next potato up. salad is so slept on. It's so like cold potatoes, on. cold potatoes, and mayonnaise. I'll pass on that. Dude, <laughs> you, you know guys are It's so Dude. good. Do you remember that office episode where like Michael goes to like David Wallace's house and he gets that store bought potato salad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I instantly thought of that. Wait, Gonzo, are you sticking with potato salad too, or do you have Get the fuck out of here? No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. the whitest thing ever said on this podcast. <laughs> are you sticking with potato salad? Oh man, dude, Fourth of July food, bro. I mean, apple pie, dude. Yeah. Over potato salad, you're out of your mind. I was gonna say, so for me, I was to be honest, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge ribs guy. Like, I like ribs, I like barbecue, but it's not one of those things where like I look forward to. Like, I'm much more of a, I like a nice steak or some. I like chicken. I like some barbecue chicken. Um, not a huge like slather it up in barbecue sauce and put it on the grill kind of guy, especially when it comes to ribs. I don't like fall in the bone stuff. So for the mains, like normally pretty solid. Um, but definitely I think I have to go with apple pie just because it's right after you're boozing all day. You know, it's pretty much you're like one, you know, it's like a fucking elixir for survival. If you're drinking and boozing and getting hammered all day, you have that apple pie, you're ready to go for the night, get a wash and fireworks and boom, you're done. Yeah, so I gotta I definitely. Go, I'd pull with some pie. I gotta go with underrated selection. I'm gonna go with some pasta salad, you know, because oh, here's yeah. my here's my thought process. I we make our own here, homemade, which it's pretty good. But you know, it's also good to carbo load for a long day of drinking. So you know, I feel like it's it's a solid selection. I think it's slept on way too much. Um, so here's my issue with pasta salad, right? It's one of those things where it's not bad, but it could be better if it was just regular pasta, hot, and cooked in like marinara sauce. Fast. You see my point? So it's one of those things where sometimes you can take something and it makes it worse. And yes, it's still but, good, but the, uh, the, there's an ideal option 
that it just it makes me miss regular pasta for me when we do it salad. for me when we do it we do uh the like the rotini pasta we cut up cheddar cheese pepperoni and olives and put it all in there with some olive oil mm. that's what would you guys say is like very traditional fourth of july food i, I think i always think of ribs brats burgers well speaking uh, of brats we did we did get a a submission from Kristen uh lee i guess who she said meat 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 which makes me wonder if that was subliminal messaging for something or you know dude 100 was bro 100 <laughs> was dude that, i mean definitely wisconsin's a broad state so i'm probably going to be eating a lot of brats on saturday that's for sure uh if you guys need any recommendations on brats I always go with any sort of jalapeno cheddar dogs. Those are always the best. Yeah, that's a good move. That's a good move. We've got tons of like quality. Like you can literally go to, this is a no free ads, but you can literally go down the street and there's this place called State Street Brats and they cook them up pretty well. But for me, I, I, I like brats, but I like the jalapeno cheddar ones way better because the regular brats can just taste way too salty sometimes. And you're just like, it's got a little bit – it lacks a little bit of flavor, so I'm going to need to go with a little bit something with some spice. Some I can, I can appreciate you know, nice, that, yeah. Nice cheese in it. So if you need some broad recommendations, always go for that. Yeah. No, I can respect that for sure. Beef, I got to ask you, though. Um, you know, I, I want to get back to, to Chris, Chris, Kristen's comment here about meat. You know, I think – like, obviously, I think we all agree it was subliminal messaging, but what is your go-to meat for 4th of July? What is my go-to meat? Dude, if you cook me a burger... Be very careful how you answer. (laughs) Be very careful? Oh, because my name is Beef. That's funny. That's funny. No, no, that's not what I was getting at, but... (laughs) I don't know what you're getting at. All I'm saying, a nice burger on 4th of July. Can't beat it. Yeah. Can't beat it. Gonzo, what about you? Well, I mean, I already said... I said the burgers, um... Little side note, I think we're sleeping on some grilled corn on the cob, though. Oh, we oh, are. We have yeah. been sleeping on that. You just woke me up. Woke Dude, me up. actually, that's oh, actually no, why – that's why I was a little bit late to the pod today is because I actually just ordered – there's actually a seafood restaurant here. I got a half pound of crawfish. I got a half pound of snow crab legs. I got a half pound of shrimp. I got corn on the cob in there, some potatoes in there. Man, that was so fucking fire. They did <laughs> – they did a garlic. They did a uh, garlic but like a garlic butter, lemon pepper, and Cajun sauces all mixed together. So I got all three in that bitch. Yeah, fucking beautiful. Chef kiss. All right, and then we got another. Uh, we got another response from our friend Shane, um, uh, rep, old rep at another school, who his response was beer. So I guess he's just not eating. I guess he's yeah. He's I was kind of to be a degenerate that. on the Fourth of July. <laughs> My friend, that's a that's a bold move, Cotton. No food, just beer. Dude, I've been yourself a day. It's so much different being at home versus being at school now. And like, when you're at home, you never miss a meal. But when you're in college, it's like you can live off one meal a day for sure. Dude, yeah, I I literally had my one meal a day, and I'm gonna be fine. I might even go out after this. Who the fuck knows? But regardless, it's like sometimes you just forget to eat. When you're just boozing all day, when you start at 12 and you just start drinking for all hours of the day, you might not remember to eat until like 10 o'clock that night. Yeah. You just forget. (laughs) 
and since quarantine started, I was like, yo, like I had to pick up like some new hobby. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to walk out of this being the same person. So dude, I've been trying to intermittent fast. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That fucking sucks, man. Like, dude, that's, that's so easy. Guns, what do you mean, dude? Like I dude, wait on so easy. Bro, by like three, four o'clock, I'm dying. And then I wait until like eight, nine o'clock. I finally eat and then I just fucking booze on. No, that's what he does. Well, but you say that, Gonzo. But the thing yeah. is, is that we were recording last week and you were drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. So you can't tell me that you wait until the oh, night. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. But when we go on air, it's different. Like, I'm, I'm boozing dude, all the Dude, drinking doesn't count for intermittent fasting. You can just do one to nine for intermittent fasting. And that makes it easy. So you literally just wake up. I don't know. Watch yeah. TV, brush your teeth, work out, whatever the fuck you want to do. Eat any time from one to nine. So you probably have like a lunch and a dinner and then yeah. you're done. And then I still, I still broke it though. Like I, I did it. Uh, it was easy to do it. I just, I'm an alcoholic. So I would just drink afterwards, which I don't think you're supposed to do because yeah. you're consuming a ton of calories. So <laughs> yeah, man, I heard that Zach Efron intermittent fasting. I'm like, Oh shit. All right, let me try. And like, I've been, yeah, I think that oh. Zach Efron might've done intermittent fasting a little bit different than you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, judging on his physique, he probably yeah, had a he few might more Hollywood trainers. It, or, you know, he probably had a few more trainers. Um, yeah. And probably was a little, little bit more disciplined. More. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Efron's a beast. Dude, to be to be that ripped as he was, I remember he did that for Baywatch. I mean, to be that ripped, you you literally like the diet plan, the exercise plan you have to be on is fucking unreal. Like you just are constantly working out or eating like extremely healthy in any sort of off time you have. Like, I don't even know. I don't want to even know what to do with myself. If I had off time and I couldn't drink or smoke or do anything, and I was just kind of like chilling there to my own thoughts, that'd be ridiculous. I could never do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, it was funny. Wait, I was thinking about, you You guys watch Always Sunny? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys remember how uh, Rob McElhaney gained 50 pounds for one season and then he got shredded in like season 12. So he was talking about for season 12. He was like, yeah, so I had a really strict training regimen and eating regimen and the only alcohol I could drink was tequila. And he was saying, so I was just getting blackout on tequila, walking around like a fucking asshole teenager, just just being aggressive as fuck at like bars and at family functions because the only thing I could drink was tequila. Because <laughs> I guess it's super low calorie and like not that bad for you. But in obviously, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> in moderation, tequila is not that bad for you. But a, a shot of tequila a day keeps the doctor away, you know? Yeah. All right. Um. So we're going to kind of switch gears here. We've covered some 4th of July. Uh, now we're going to kind of talk about the real reason that we brought uh, beef on this week. So uh, we're going to continue with our third installment of our conference previews. This week we are doing the ACC, the most uncompetitive conference in college hey, football. Fuck out of here. We're As, you, know, SEC you know, we had to, we had to work up. We had to work up to the Big Ten and the SEC. We had to work up to the real conferences. So we figured we'd get the three like irrelevant ones out of the way. Um, but but like I said, we wanted to bring Beef on to talk about how Clemson's obviously going to win again. Um, Dude, fuck out of here! Fuck out of here! Clemson's not winning again. Well, before we before we get into that, Beef thinks. Yeah, I don't see it. Before we get into that, I think they're washed up. And and get our picks. I do have to ask you. So I I saw a report that Clemson, as well as some SEC teams, was intentionally trying to get coronavirus to get it out of the way before the season started. Are we buying or selling that rumor? I saw that. I read up on that today. 
And that is that was interesting to me because it makes complete sense why you'd maybe want that. That does make sense. Let's get the coronavirus now, get the antibodies, and you know just ball out the rest of the season while everyone's still struggle. I see what they're doing, but I mean personally, it, as a player, do you really just want to go get infected? Hell no. So you know what? I think they're actually infected on accident, and um. Yeah, I, I think they took her. That's a weird like conspiracy there. I didn't really know. I didn't really get that one, but no. I, don't I mean, think the thing it was is, if they, they actually were to do that, dude, I never said that was good. I said in theory, like it sounds like a good idea, but also like literally, what doctors keep saying is you can get coronavirus again, and like oh, it might no, you can't. We're worse. we're not going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this whole idea of you get it once and you're done. It's not. It's not fucking like. I don't. I don't care not, what, Fauci, what Fauci. What has not. to say about it. When you get it, you're done, and it's over. No, with. it's, it's never get it again. It's, it's not fucking mono. Like we have no idea how, what's going to happen if these players get it. So yeah, dude, they could have fun doing that, but it would be it'd be like tragically funny if like six months from now they all just got it again it'd be it'd be super sad but just like super ironic if they all got it again and like just like hospitalize them all it just just sucks like it could happen to me too because i'm pretty sure i already had it at one point but regardless it's it i mean if they were actually to do that i think that'd be pretty fucking misguided and stupid but well, we did talk about it last week, and you know, if you missed episode five, we did say that we, or at least I thought, as well as Koozie, uh, that they should release the bats, put them all in a room, release the bats, and get it out of the way. So I'm just thinking that we have a big fan base at the University of Clemson, and they just took our advice. I think that's probably what happened. I am starting to happen. All of them are tuned into the pod, and that's, yep. yep. I am starting to hear more news of uh, of coronavirus vaccines, so that's positive news in the sense of restarting the season. Um, it hasn't been really tested very much, but I think they're probably going to come out with some sort of vaccine soon. And yeah, I saw the U.S. today pigs. bought like every dose in the world of some drug. Yeah, that was interesting to see. Um, but anyways, yeah, we can get into the ACC. Yeah, so uh, what do you think? I mean, obviously, Clemson's probably the favorite to win it again, but uh, people are, people are t- like, sleeping, I think, on Mac Brown in North Carolina. Um, That's what I'm saying. I think there's some sleeper teams in this conference that are going to come out and give Clemson a little run for their money. I mean, yeah, Clemson's been dominant over the years. I've seen it with my own two eyes. At Dope Campbell, Clemson, Crush. I mean, they were good, but I just don't think – just like every football dynasty, you can't keep that going on forever. And especially now with these, they have so many rising cases right now during the summer, that affects the athletes. I mean, think about all of them who are going to be dropping weight now because, I mean, it's the flu. They're going to be dropping a lot of weight, missing workouts. The team is going to be on complete standby for coronavirus caution. That's going to really roll over into the fall more than you think. So I personally think that Clemson is going to have a tough time keeping that same dominance they've held over the ACC for the past few years. And I'm excited to see that this season. I don't know about you guys. Here's my problem. I like UNC. I think they're going to take another step. I think they're a very good football team. I think they'll certainly be in the conversation. Here's my problem with them, though. I've brought this point up before. When you take a team like a North Carolina and in other conferences, you might talk about 
a, a Texas or in the Big 12 or Arizona State in the Pac-12. They're going to have an awfully tough time putting it together for 12 straight games without having a letdown somewhere in there. They might exactly. get the big win against the Clemson, but I could equally see them having a really bad loss against a Wake Forest or something like that, you know? Well, yeah, so UNC, dude, they're fucking stacked. Sam Howell is a stud. Um, bro, but weeks one and two, they play at UCF, which is in a gimme, and then they host Auburn. I think that that's a rough two-game start. You know, they got an easier schedule after then, but in the ACC, bro, if you lose even two games, you're behind the eight. Ball. If, you lose, if you lose even one game, I mean, last year everyone was saying if Clemson would have lost one game, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs. Yeah. So- that's what I'm saying. They would have to put it together for actually 13 because they got to win the ACC championship game too. So they got to win 13 straight games. And I just don't see a scenario where a North Carolina is going to do that. I mean, you guys, I didn't check. I had not looked at their schedule, but Gonzo on top of what you were saying, yeah. you're saying they got UCF and Auburn first two weeks of the season mm-hmm. coming off all this crazy 2020 so far. Yeah, you're right. That's going to be tough. But let me tell you, if they do get through those two games and they do get some dubs, but they got to beat us, yeah, I guarantee you that they're going to do big things this season if they can get through those. The two other games. problem is, doesn't Clemson get them at home this year because they were at UNC last year when they almost no, they, they don't play this year because they're not in the same they division. Play. Oh, they yeah. don't, no. so but then they would have to play Clemson in the championship game, which is going to be a tough ask, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, hey, no championship's going to be easy. So, I just, uh, I just would find it hard to to see them winning, um, getting an undefeated season, especially with the while the ACC is pretty bad. Um, there are a lot of sleeper teams in that division all the time, or in, in especially in that I think in North Carolina's division, uh, you have Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, Miami. Virginia was solid last year. Yeah. So my whole point was is like Clemson's divisions pretty a lot easier um with fsu having the down seasons they've had syracuse never quite getting over the hump they've had a few successful years uh with you know babers but um that other division the coastal conference is a little bit tougher just because it's a more even balance of play and so it, it would be hard for north carolina to trudge through week in week out pick up every single win in that con- in that division and in their conference um and so I, I agree. Like, I think they're going to be a good team. I think Mac Brown's obviously a legendary coach and he's already improved that team a lot. I think they just signed a five-star cornerback for 2021 class. So I think that in down the road, North Carolina will become a very successful football team. I just don't think that time is now. Like, I don't That's think my thoughts is it's so hard. Like it is so hard to go undefeated. I mean, you look at even some of the great teams, but take a look at Georgia last year. Georgia was an incredible football team, but they had a letdown game against South Carolina. I mean, to expect a team to win 13 straight games without having any letdown along the way is, is just a tough ask. I think it's also especially hard for them because they haven't been through it before, right? right. It's an easy ask for a Clemson, for an Alabama, for an LSU, for an Ohio State, uh, for any of those teams to even consider. Like, even like I'm going to even give, like, you know, Wisconsin credit because Wisconsin's had years, even like last year, where for a while they were, they were you know, on the down top, they 
we're unbeaten and you know I'm sure that they have the team mentality to do it again. So it doesn't even have to be a powerhouse, right? It can just be a team that's consistently stacked win on win on win on win. Uh, it's just a hard ask of a team that hasn't really had that experience before. So yeah. that's where I would um, we're have be a little bit more cautious of North Carolina because they haven't had that experience yet. Which, you know, like I said, I, I totally agree with you, but I do think North Carolina will be much improved. But just to illustrate yours and my points, Nick, I mean, North Carolina last year almost had the big upset against Clemson, but they lost to Wake Forest. I mean, so like they're going to have those types of games. I think North Carolina is probably looking somewhere around like a, a 10 and 2, 9 and 3 season. I think they're yeah. going to be good, but they're going to have some losses. If you're North Carolina, that's what you want. You want you just want constant constant improvement, and then eventually you can take that jump, right? For Clemson, for years they kept they kept they kept blowing these big games, right? They would they would have you know eight wins in a row, nine wins in a row, then drop big games at the end of the season. And so for every team, you're going to have to keep. It's a repetitive process in the sense of you have to keep trying and trying, keep trying to get over the hump with recruitment with coaching, with experienced players. So I'm not saying this year, but maybe the year after or something like that. So that they're in for a good start. It just takes a while to get over that big hump, which is winning an ACC championship, beating Clemson, or, you know, making a push at a New Year's Six or even higher. You know, like we're talking about a team, we're calling them a dark horse. And yet again, they haven't even made, you know, a big bowl game in a They were time. six and six last year. It's not like yeah. they were a powerhouse in the ACC. They lost to a lot of teams. Seven, seven, seven and six. I, you know, for me, I think I think it's Clemson for me and a lock to win the ACC, but I do think um, the two Virginia teams are probably going to be the most uh, interesting to watch. Uh, Syracuse, I think Dino Babers is a good coach, so I'm also interested there, but, you know, they have to play in that division with Clemson, so that's a little bit tougher for them. Yeah. However, you know, with the Virginia schools, I think um, Tech has always been a really good team, uh, and I think UVA – really showed that uh, they can play football as well. So I'd be interested to see those two schools. Yeah. Uh, with Miami, I'm curious. I want to see, uh, I want to see Tate Martell play at some point. Nah. We were going to, that, that was going to be where we were going next beef. We're going to get to Florida state in a minute. We're not, we're not sleeping on you guys. Uh, but yeah, we do have to, I do have to, you know, Gonzo's sitting there in the, and even though he doesn't go to the university of Miami and never did, He's sitting there in the Miami Hurricanes gear. He's got the headband. He's got the polo shirt. He, uh, he couldn't so, get in. So I got to ask you, you know, what, what is what is going on with the U? Will they ever be back? They're about on par with Texas. Yeah, dude. Except they're take, worse. Take a wild guess who I'm rocking with oh, this God, year. Here we go. <laughs> dude. Are you being serious? You actually think that they have a, a shot? Listen to me. Like, well, be honest, though. Like, so I'm, you're going to – I'm being totally honest. Okay. I think it's Clemson hands down. As okay. long as Trevor, as long as Trevor Lawrence is still there, I think it's pretty much a gimme. But UM has the fucking talent, dude. Like it, dude. It's bro. Transfer U is a real thing. Derek King from Houston, baller. Tate Martell hasn't seen the field this year. I'm sorry, Nick. No, I'm joking. He's such yeah. an asshole. <laughs> Fuck that kid. I, I was a huge Tate Martell guy last year. I wanted him to play him. It didn't happen. Derek King's a baller. Their O-line had struggles last year. They brought in Jared Williams from Houston, who was also with Derrick King over there. I think their offense is going to hold up. In defense, dude, they got Quincy Roche from Temple and Gregory, Gregory Rousseau, who's, what, a top five, top ten projected pick right now. That defense is going to be absolutely sick. They got Rhett Lashley 
the offensive coordinator from SMU last year who was scoring, what, like 50, 40, 50 a game? I, dude, that, I mean, and remember, UM recruits primarily down here in Miami. So you're dealing with four or five-star athletic freaks. You pair that up with Derek King and that spread air raid offense, dude, it's going to – I'm not saying it's, it's given. I'm saying that the potential is definitely there, and I think it's Manny Diaz's make-or-break season. So I got to ask you, though. Like, was that his first year? Last year was his first year, yeah. But, like, remember last year, everybody was talking about, oh, the U is back, the U is back, because he was going out parading on, like, yachts. Yeah, I and remember that, that yeah. And it came back to bite him in the ass. He's had a little more humble approach this time around. And it's kind of like, all right, you got to get to fucking work and prove yourself right now. Well, that's, that's where I was going to ask you, Gonzo. I, I want to know, like – I know obviously you're biased, you know, because you are a fan of the U, but in your, like, if you were to assess it, honestly, where do you think, what do you think their record at the end of the season is going to be? Where do you think Miami's going to be at? So realistically, like, you know, realistically, all right. So I'm looking right now, Temple week one, I wouldn't say that it's a gimme just because. Let's not go week by week. We're we not going to go week by week. <laughs> well, but I think that's a big game because if you guys remember when Manny Diaz. That's Manny Diaz's old school. Yeah. Yeah, he accepted the head coaching job at Temple, and then UM came after Mark Rick retired and offered him the job. He left Temple. So that's going to be a high-intensity game right there. Um, big games that I would circle, Virginia Tech, because they always give Miami a hard time. FSU, just because it's a rivalry. Fuck you, beef. Fuck you, Gonzo. <laughs> um, and then UNC. So... God. I think they... I've, I mean... I, I think they're going to be like 8-4. and four. Dude, I definitely think they could win that division, though. I mean, I see like ten and two right now, honestly. I don't know. Yeah, calm your, calm your ass down over there. If I they mean, face ten and two, I want beef to get. I don't. I don't see ten and two. I see like eight and four, nine and three, somewhere in there. Like game four with it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see them winning that division still, though. I just don't. You know, I think that division division is going to be scrappy as fuck. Um, eight and four might win that division. Yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah. my point. It, yeah. it it did pretty well. I mean, nine and five. UVA was was the winner of that division. They ended up nine and five on the season. Virginia Tech was eight and five. Um, so yeah, I mean, that division's really fucking scrambled. So I wouldn't be surprised if if one of those teams comes and separates themselves from the pack. Um, you know, I would love to see one of those teams actually um, get back to an actual you know, level of play in which they can compete with the Clemson for sure. I think Miami, what they, what the problem they have, right. Is for all of Miami's history for the football program. It's always been built on explosiveness, flashy players, speed, athleticism. Um, but what they lack in, they, what they have in athleticism, they lack in, you know, in grit and defense and the ability to get physical. And they always have, like, it just shows you, I know, you know, my little experience with Miami has both been when they played Wisconsin and you just can't – both times Wisconsin beat up on them on yeah. the line and it's just hard to compete with a really physical team once you get out of the ACC. Um, so that's that, that was where I would be cautious of them. Plus, you know, you say obviously they do recruit very well in Florida, but you also have two other teams there. You have FSU, Florida, plus you have the Alabamas, LSUs, and the Clemsons of the world that are picking players off from Florida. So they don't have the same talent they used to in the 80s and early 2000s. So that's what I would worry about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I would say in terms of like that, Nick, is I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you actually brought in Ed Reed. They hired him this offseason. Yeah, I saw that. 
So in terms of like establishing that hard knock defensive like culture and bringing that you mentality back, I think if not many Diaz, Ed Reed could definitely do that because you'd be fucking lying if you don't think that you're going to sit in a room with Ed Reed and he's going to hype you up. Yeah. No, I actually really do like – I always like when Miami's good at football. It, I think it makes – fun to root against. I think it's fun to root for them. I love rooting for Miami. Honestly, I do because uh, – like probably my least favorite school in the country is Notre Dame, and I fucking hate Notre Dame. So oh, Catholic Catholic Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, I still remember that game. I was at that game. Catholics convicts. That dude. was like in the eighties, dude. No, dude, that was a couple <laughs> years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, holy, no, they had a re- they they played again a couple years ago, but like yeah. they that like started like in the eighties. Gonzo Gonzo was there in the eighties, Nick. Yeah, he's like, a don't, time don't his dream. Uh, <laughs> well. I think we've thoroughly covered Miami. I do want to get to you, Beef. You know, we brought you on to talk ACC. What is going on in Tally, man? I mean, Florida State has just become a joke of a program. What What is it going to take to get it turned around? You know what? Yeah, this is this is this is a topic that we need to take some time on. So, I mean, we gotta start. We gotta start from what fall 2018. Taggart comes in. We all think it's a big high. We all think something great's about to happen. Do something. We all think it's about to go down. And, man, from that first game, first game of that season, I believe Virginia, we were playing Virginia and Virginia Tech. It was probably, I think it was Virginia. Man, we lost that game, first game of the season, by, like, two touchdowns. And it he just got off to such a bad start at State, such a bad name for himself, went horrible record that season. And we were like, all right, one more year. Let's see if Taggart can turn around. 2019 comes around this past season. Blows it even worse. I mean, the dude just never got a grip on the on the program. So yeah, they went downhill was, when they fired Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, it absolutely. Oh, they didn't fire him. Or when Jimbo Fisher left. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hundred percent. But what I'm saying is that Tiger, yeah, he really screwed over the program. And you know what? I this is and this brings me to um, our new hire, Coach Coach Norville. Um. I personally think that Coach Norvell is going to bring us out of this hole. I mean, hear me out. Think about it. This guy came off an incredible season at Memphis. If you have that kind of coaching talent to bring a team, which, you know, no disrespect to Memphis, but a team of like a lower tier in terms of NCAA Division One, to that good of a record and that good of, you know, what were they, 11-0, I believe? They killed it. That's all I know. But to do that as a young coach like that, shows that you're special. And now this is currently him being hired at FSU. It's his shot to prove something as a very young coach. So I know that guy's fired up. I know that guy is going to bring so much energy to the table this season. I believe Coach Norvell. I mean, what, let's, let's, let's play fair here. I don't think he's going to go and win a Cincinnati championship off the bat. Like, no, I mean, you can't, you can't assume that. But He's going to bring us out of this hole for sure. Give him a year. So, like, the same question I asked Gonzo, where do you think Florida State ends up? Probably, like, I mean, if I had to guess, probably somewhere around that eight and four, nine and three. Is that where you guys are? I'm thinking nine and three. Hell no. Oh, my God. So, here's my thing I think it's it's inevitable for Florida State to get out of this hole that they're in, right? With the recruiting hotbed they're in. The history of the program, they're going to get back to national relevance. Like, this isn't going to last longer than five years or whatever. And I'm sure this coach – well, I, I think Norvell is a good coach. 
Um, so I actually, you know, like I think, I obviously think Florida State eventually will be back. They're a, a historic program. Um, I don't think it'll be next year. I think they're probably going to go seven and five, six and six, but I think, which I think will be a huge jump for them. Because, you know, if you look at the last I, The only reason I say eight and four is I'm looking at their schedule. They get West Virginia at a conference. That's probably a win. They get Samford, which is an FCS school. They've got, you know, they've got a pretty easy schedule. They've got Pitt, uh, Louisville. They're losing to Miami this Wake year. Forest, year. Miami, Boston College. Like, Syracuse, their schedule's not very tough. Like, I think they could probably string together. If they have a good season, they could string together eight wins. This is actually a good question. Who do you think comes back first, Tennessee or Florida State? Tennessee. Florida State. Florida State's coming off the new hire. Tennessee. I just, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, SEC, it's a lot harder to come back in the SEC than it is the ACC. I think we not in that, and that. not in their hat because isn't Tennessee in the Georgia half of the SEC? That's still that's still tough. You still have it's tough, but they're not having tough. to go up against. But they're not in the same half as Alabama. I see both sides of it. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, they're not. Matter. The SEC is ridiculous. We can right, but they're not on the. They're not in the Alabama, LSU, Auburn half of it. They're in the you know the other half, which is a lot weaker. Like, well, that's still competitive though. We still have Georgia, Florida, Kentucky's always pretty good. You know, that's a tough division. Plus, you still have to play non-division games. I mean, even this, look at the schedule. They, they still have to play. They play um, Oklahoma this year. They still have to play Alabama. Yeah, like I think Tennessee and Alabama play every year because they're a rivalry. So. Um, I think Tennessee's – that's my hot – that's my, like, one upset I'm really thinking this year. I really would not be surprised to see Tennessee go into Norman early in the season and win. Um, But I think – I think Tennessee and Florida State are going to rise at similar times. I think it's it's an interesting question just because I think they're – I think Tennessee is is a leg up on Florida State, but Tennessee also has harder competition than Florida State does. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if you see them walk out with similar records this year. Um, So – but yeah, like I said, for in in terms of Florida State beef, I I really like, I think they're gonna take a step. I don't think they're gonna be ready to compete for a conference title yet. But I wouldn't be surprised looking at their record. They get a pretty easy schedule this year to see them somewhere around that eight and four range. I mean, there's... I completely agree. I completely agree. Like like what you were saying and what Nick was saying, they're definitely not conference title ready. I mean, we got some work to do. We do. But I think they're going to take a nice nine and three, eight and four step. I don't know just about to really bring that morale back up at FSU. And I mean, it's it's low. I'm there right now. People have not been going to the football games last season. Like the morale is not there right now. And we need a good head coach and a team that's putting. We need a product on the field that's going to get us back on track. And I just believe Norvell is going to do just that this year. I'm not saying he's going to do anything crazy. But he's going to give us that step just for the future to get recruiting back up, to get our confidence back up, to get our energy around the football program back up. And, you know, I feel like within the next three years, we got something big coming. So yeah. let's quick do it. Let's quick do it like around the, the table here before we finish up with the ACC. Uh, for just our conference championship predictions, we've been kind of going along with this every week. Um, just who we straight up think is going to win the ACC this year. Gonzo, start us off. Clemson. Nick? I think it's going to be Clemson versus UVA, and Clemson's going to win. Actually, no, I think it's going to be Clemson versus Tech, Virginia Tech. <laughs> oh, we're doing, we're doing conference. I think it's going to be Clemson-Miami. No, I'm okay. just saying, I, was saying, I was saying my champion is going to be Clemson. 
I think it's going to be – I think it, I think they're going to end up playing Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech is going to come out and compete. Yep. Beef? I mean, as much as I hate to say it, and I know I, I, I was talking earlier about how Clemson is you know, coming off this coronavirus is not going to have a good season. But I just think with so much, you know, past few season history and that really that talent that no matter how tough Clemson goes into the season happening over this past summer – that they're going to somehow clinch this title. And, I mean, it yeah. fucking pains me to say it, but yeah. I think I'm just going to have to say Clemson as well. Yep, and I'm going to make it four for four. I think Clemson's going to win. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think, you know, there's some teams in that other side, uh, North Carolina, Miami, Virginia, that could, you know, do well in their half, but they're they're not ready to compete with Clemson yet. I think Clemson's too good. So we'll make it four for four. Let me just say one thing, though, and Beef could back me up with this. College football in general is fucking awesome to watch when FSU and UM are powerhouses. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, you're completely right. Dude, I mean, college football is best right now. What's, what's, what's missing in college football, and, uh, and we've you know, harped on this all every single podcast, but there really is um, – an imbalance to the power in the sense that it's, you know, only eight teams competing per year. If college football gets back to a place where, you know, 15 teams are consistently, you know, going at each other's throats, winning week in, week out, it'll be better for the entire, um, the entire league, you know, for, for all of college football, that'd be awesome to see. Cause it's whether you hate them or love them, whatever these old time powerhouses are, you love to watch them. And, you know, you, yeah. you want to see them lose, you want to see them win, but you want to see them, you know, be good, good yeah. enough to where their games actually matter and are important on a national scale. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that was – I think that was a good discussion on the ACC. I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. I think it's going to – it's going to be an interesting conference. Like I said, I mean, that I think we all think Clemson's going to win, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens after them. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take our last break here as we're coming towards the end of episode six. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a segment in honor of our friend Beef, who's here with us today. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, stick around. on episode six of the nosebleeds podcast as we're coming to the end of it uh one more segment we wanted to do um our friend beef here that's his nickname he his real name is brad he goes by beef for some weird reason but he goes by brad so we thought in honor of him that we would do a little segment here real quick on dead giveaways that a guy is a brad like, like, what is a giveaway oh, that, that when you God. see a guy, you're like, oh, that's a Brad right there. So, 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 Brad, in honor of you, I'm going to let you start it off. Fuck, man. You're putting me on the spot real fast. I don't think he's much of a Brad. I've always felt like people that I actually know whose real names are Brad or like Chad or something like that. They're never actually like, 
the stereotype. Brads and chads. But versus like it'll be complete douchebags walking on the street that are Brads and Chads. But like Brads is a normal guy. Like he's not like a supreme douche. <laughs> <laughs> but but in honor of him, we gotta let you go first. Yeah, yeah. Man. I'm sure he knows more than I do. Shit. Cool. Ooh. All right. Well, I mean, first things first off the rip. If your name's Brad, and you're fucking sick. Way sicker than everyone else. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's let me think. Go some. All right. Let, let's let's put this in the perspective. <sighs> Shit. Yeah. If you're a Brad, let's some things that you do as a college kid. I'm not saying I've done these personally. I'm I'm different. I'm different. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. But sure, if you see sure. motherfuckers walking around this spray tans with fucking <laughs> gallon jugs of water going to class like that aren't athletes you know well, just to we, show we just that they go to the fucking gym you know but yeah you know what i'm saying like those are the kind of motherfuckers that you got you got to call out right away no right dude if they're like if they're like actual athletes and they can carry around drugs and water but actual athletes don't do that it's always the fucking gym sharks going to do a bicep workout later today yeah. like they're like five, drugs and water they're, they're like, like five, dude, five you don't need that they're five foot five they're considered themselves <laughs> power lifters they look like a fucking potato with like <laughs> they're, they're the guys that just stand there in the gym in front of the mirror and look at themselves for the whole hour I'm like, dude 100 percent, and they wear dude, those Gym shark stringer tees that like are bound to like have a nip slip in the middle of your yeah. <laughs> What I always hate are the people that talk about how much they work out, but they still look fat as shit. And yeah. so it's like they literally like I know so many people are like, Yeah, man, I work every day. I'm on this like new workout grind. I'm like, well, it's clearly not showing yet. So I'm bulking. I'm bulking. Dude, they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're just bulking. That's what it is. Dude, another way to spot a Brad is what you said, Nick. Brads are always on a new workout routine. They always say some shit. Like every time you see them, they're like, yeah, I'm on a new workout routine. Like check me the fuck out. Like get this protein powder. They're always saying some Brad's, shit like that. Brads also, like think about Brad Sue's, they call every single woman or girl they know. Like they say like, they literally will always refer to them. Like it's like, are bitches coming? Like they call every single girl bitch. And I'm like, dude, like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're not like – damn blazarian or any shit just call them girls you're not stopping an asshole you fucking idiot and they also like they're they're always a guy too that like they're never actually getting laid they just talk about how everybody else is a simp they're not they're just because they're not getting laid everybody else is a simp and so it's like yeah okay dude we we get it you you don't get any action because you're complete dickhead to everybody around you and you think that you're king shit all right, I gotta hear. I gotta hear what you guys what you guys think about my. So I feel like you can spot a Brad because they're always the guy at the party that's got to have like the polo shirt with the collar popped, and they've got like pink shorts on, or like you know, and they're they definitely like, got like the the weird colors that don't match, but they're like bright, you know. Yeah. Well, I think I think game day polo. If you're in a fraternity, that's that's a must. You got no, 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 not not game day polo. I'm talking about like at every <laughs> up in, in like a neon green polo with like bright pink khakis that are right. rolled up. Like, but but I Just think trying to I, look as ridiculous as possible. I also think that's like a movie portrayal, though. Like I think the real Brads are the ones that. Um, I don't well, know. Man. I've seen it out here. I don't know. I haven't seen that many pop collars. I th- I tend to think like the the funniest parts about the brads that I've met in in my lifetime it's always been like you can only be a temporary brad right because you look at the brads that are on campus and you're like man once you graduate you are so fucked 
Like you're not gonna get a job anywhere. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like I normally just shrug any kind of like douchebaggery off, and I'm just just don't talk to those people because I'm like you got you clearly do not see the bigger picture at all. Well, well, to add on to that, Nick, I, I got to agree. I, I also think Brad's are like the guys that once they graduate from college, like I get coming back on homecoming to like your fraternity house, but they're the guys that like graduate and then they're still there like every weekend hanging out. Oh, yeah. It's like they just can't move on, you know, they got to relive the. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and then, they, then they'll like talk about their job and they're like, dude, you wouldn't believe I just picked up the manager position at Starbucks. I'm really out here grinding. <laughs> and then and then they'll go up to the pledges and be like, back in 2014, I was a pledge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the pledges are like, we don't care about you, dude. Like, you are a fucking loser. You make $20 an hour at Starbucks. Fucked. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, you know that they're secretly deep down inside them, like, super depressed with their lives because they saw everybody else, like, in their fraternity or in their friend group. Get a real job. Went on, went on, got real jobs, like, moved on with their lives. But they still talk about, like, how fast their shotgun time was. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they always – they hold on to that fucking – that that ego from like fucking high school sports they carry that shit on for their entire lives dude you can tell you have a brat in the making when they're like a pledge and they're definitely like the asshole of the pledge group like they think that they've got it all together like that's definitely like a brat in the making for sure i think every fraternity has like maybe, maybe this is just like from my perspective but i think every fraternity has at least one guy in the house that is fat or like overweight now huge alcoholic or got huge vices but does not stop talking about their high school sports oh and yeah like how they used to be like the fastest guy in their state like <laughs> oh my fucking god dude i fucking hate this <laughs> like every single time i'm like yeah you know i want to run today it's like yeah dude like bet you weren't as fast as me in high school when i was <laughs> like bet i wasn't 350 when pounds I was, when i was a junior in high school man i was like one of the fastest runners on earth dude but, high like, school is so fucking sick <laughs> yeah it's like dude i bet i wasn't 300 pounds either so like yeah that those I, that's the making of a chat it's literally any any sort of person that just won't let go of the past and then they let it out on society instead gonzo washed yeah just washed up <laughs> gonzo you're up what, what what is what's a brad gonzo's kind of, gonzo's a brad a little bit facts oh he's man. playing beer pong with himself while we're recording this so <laughs> oh, i think that qualifies Hey, um, hey, no disrespect. Yeah, dude. Um, dude, I feel like every single brat has at least one Vineyard Vines t-shirt that he wears all the time. No, I think that was a, I think that's also another thing portrayed by like social media. That was definitely like more of a high school thing. Like I yeah. I I always wore Vineyard Vines to high school and I was like, oh, no one really wears that shit anymore. Same like, with me. Yep. Yeah, like I think I think Vineyard Vines is much more of a high school thing than a college thing. I don't like, wear it anymore. I, I like think I think if you are right. wearing Vineyard Vines in college, you're not doing it as like a flex anymore. You're just doing it because like someone get, your mom bought you the shirt and you're like, oh, this is comfortable. I definitely got all my Vineyard Vines clothes for Christmas. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel so, like so what else? I mean, that was a fail. But what else do you have? All right, Chubbies. I yeah. love Chubbies. So Nick's so we've come to the conclusion that Nick is a Brad because he's literally wearing chubbies as we record this. No, actually this is uh the reason why I wore this is because I was eating that crawfish today and this shirt I haven't worn in like a year and I was like needed a sh- something to put on so like I could get it ruined with fucking seasoning if I wanted to. 
Um, but no, that was another high school thing. In high school, I used to wear a ton of in your vines and chubbies, but I'm a little bit more sophisticated now. I go to Zara and shit. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Any, do we have any other uh, qualities of a Brad that, we, that we've got to get out there? Dude, I think we can all just agree. Yeah, you can just spot them when they're washed up. You yeah. know, you're looking at one in the fucking eye. You see it in there. are weak. I will say, I think Brad's one of those words I think we need to retire because it's been overused. I think we need to retire. Karen. Yeah, so Karen's almost there. I think Brad is definitely there. I think Simp has when gone on long enough. Wait, dude, I, I've always been saying triggered walk so Simp could fly. Because triggered is just like the most annoying fucking word I've ever heard in my life. Anytime I get into an argument and someone's like, oh, you're triggered. It's like, no, you just started an argument and I'm also arguing back. But then all of a sudden they throw out the word trigger. That always pissed me the fuck off. And then like triggered developed into somehow just like simp just popped up about a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time for those two words to be retired. I'm so fucking tired of them. Agreed. Anything else? No, I'm with Nick on that. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take a yeah. I'm, take I'm a on your side, on that. Gonzo, you got anything else? Uh, any other qualities of a Brad that we should know about? Dude, um, speak into the mic. <sighs> I feel like Brads always have one pickup line saved on their notes, so they just copy and paste whenever they match the ground in there. Dude, yeah. that's fucking true shit. <laughs> that's actually a good point. It's not even the pickup line saved, but it's like if I'm like about I'll talk to my friends and like if I'm with a Brad, it'd be the type of thing where it's like, yo, let's go talk to those girls. It's like, well, what's gonna be your pickup line? And it's like, I don't know. I'm just gonna say hi. I'm Nick. And it's like, well, you have to go. It's like you have to go in there with a pickup line. I'm like, not really. I used to say hi. (laughs) This isn't a fucking like '80s movie. I don't. I don't have to come in here with a fucking hey. Are are you Tennessee? Because you're the only ten I see. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just fine. That's just fine. That's fine. No sleep on it. <laughs> Dude, if, to me, if you came up to a girl and said that, though, they're just gonna like turn around and walk away. So I honestly, Dude, I'm, there's I'm no way. Like, there's, there's no, no way. way. Yeah, they're no, gonna. Honestly. Dude, for me in my past, like the easiest pickup line is just "Hi, I'm Nick," and then it's like they look at you. If they find you ugly, they'll just walk away. If they <laughs> find you like somewhat decent looking, then you just keep talking to them. Like I think that's honestly the best pickup line is just say "Hi, I'm Nick" and just be a normal human being. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you really can't like make an, uh, uh, any assumption off you if you just go present the facts. Yeah, exactly. Hi, I'm Beef. I don't know the, about it's that. Even man. play from there. Dude, yeah, it's, it's literally like that's you're you're like look, your your field goal percentage, you might not hit the home runs as much, like, but you're at least gonna get on base, right? You're just gonna get in that conversation. So if you just start off with the facts and say, I'm Nick, I'm from San Francisco, how are you? What's your name? <laughs> you know? And so I never understood the people that are like huge on pickup lines because they only I, I don't think a p- official pickup line has ever worked for me. Yeah. Has and it has a pickup line ever worked for any of you guys? No, like a, absolutely. Like for like a yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said absolutely not. No, absolutely. It has. Yeah. What pickup line have you used that works well? Oh, dude, I'm not gonna give out my secrets, but I have like a can't miss one right now. Well, you, have, you, you can't do that. You got to tell it now. Yeah, yeah dude. Now you got the whole world waiting to hear it <laughs> on this podcast. All of our all of our fans at Clemson are waiting for you right now. Shit. 
All right, dude. Well, just know that, like, if I match with you on Tinder or something, you still have to play along with this. If you're well, listening. Tinder is completely different. So Tinder, I'm talking about in person. In person? Because Tinder is a completely different game. Wait, no, 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 but this works in person too. I promise you. It's All right, right. Well, let's hear it then. Spit let's it hear out. it. All right. So you walk up to somebody, super nonchalant question. You ask them Apple Music or Spotify. They're gonna answer you. They're not gonna just walk away from you. So they're gonna say whatever Apple Music. And be like, oh shit! Did you hear about the glitch that they had last week? They're gonna be like, no, 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 what glitch? And then you hit them with, they forgot to list you as their hottest single. Boom. <laughs> no, that does not work. work. That, is, that is never that work. does not work in person. That does not work in person. Maybe no on way. Tinder. Maybe on then, Tinder. Not in person. You've never dude, tried that in person, dude. And, and then girl. listen. And dude. then you tell them to rate that pickup line on a scale of zero 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 to nine 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 so like you're asking them for their phone number and they i promise you it works 100 percent of the time dude that just went right over my head so i don't think that works bro all right yeah i take that back if i asked her go that in the middle of a bar she'd walk the fuck away yeah no yeah in a bar there's no yeah she would literally be like what the fuck are you talking about on tinder is a completely different game but in a bar going up to a girl and saying some dumb shit like that would never fly that would work on tinder i see Dude, the, i see the potential that on would tinder, work but there but not my friends and i my friends and i we found out that the easiest way to get a response back on tinder or something like that is literally we just started to say t- we started texting the girl shut the fuck up and then every single time they'd be like what are you talking about because you like like you would never expect you would never expect <laughs> Like you literally just say shut the fuck up, and they're like, "Why? What's what's going on?" Because that's such a just an abrasive text to send somebody like yeah. off the first bat. So like they're just automatically intrigued. Like you automatically hook up. You just say shut the fuck up, and you're gonna get some sort of response back. They might get mad, they might find it funny, but you're getting a response back no matter what. And that's all you want. That's all you can expect. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go text to go shut the fuck up on Tinder right now and see if you get an answer <laughs> by the end of this podcast. Well, we're, we're at the end, but you got to definitely let us know how that works out. Well, right, well, hey, next week, we'll have an answer for you. I yeah. like that. No, but one of my friends, literally, he sent that one time. And off the bat, she was like, so my friend said, shut, shut the fuck up. He's the one actually that, that showed us it. Um, he was the uh, Tinder pledge. So we always, have, we always have a pledge like for a morning task. They give us a good pickup line on Tinder in the group me. And so basically he was just, you know, doing some – numbers crunching figuring out the best one so he just that was his personal line and and one time he did it on a girl and she said like oh hey i really don't use tinder that much here's my snap I just gave it to him off the bat after just saying shut the fuck up <laughs> dude what a, what a beast all right well i think we had a good discussion on brad's i think that we have given our viewers a solid list of qualities traits and everything to look for to identify a brand dude i have one more i have one more i just thought of. <laughs> shoot all right so like just text or whatever like this like doesn't work in person but just text a girl like d7 she's gonna be like what the fuck did you just say to me and be like oh shit my bad i thought i was ordering a snack boom so that brings us to the end <laughs> 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 No, you got. You need some help. 
No, actually, I'm so since Gonzo's a Brad and definitely has a list of pickup lines, I'm gonna force him. And he's never he's never used this at an actual girl at a bar. Let, let's get this. Let's be straight with this. He's never actually gone to a girl in a bar and used any of these pickup lines. So Gonzo and I, we're gonna go to a bar, and I'm gonna force him to use every single one of those pickup lines on his list on an actual girl in a bar. And he's just gonna be See how quick he gets thrown out crying. of the bar. He's going to start crying after like the 10th girl rejects him because the, none of those will work in person. So, so what I want to do is anybody to so all our listeners, I want you to go ahead and DM us. This will be for, our, we'll continue this on our mailbag next week. DM us the worst pickup line that you've used that has actually worked. I want to hear what ones have actually worked for you guys. So send those in and we'll see if any of them can top whatever Gonzo's got going on over there that or, he definitely looked up there, on the internet. Or if you or if you try to pick up line also DMS, if you try to pick up line and it failed miserably. Oh, we want to hear about that, that too. We yeah. want to hear about that as well. Yeah, so make sure you send those in. That's going to bring or us to the end. Our female listeners, if you got any bad pickup lines or good pickup lines, then also send her away. Any any pickup lines just send them in. We, yeah, we want hey, to- you know, hey, also females, tell us what you want to hear from us what kind of lines do you want to hear we need help too that's actually yeah. a good point yeah good point. we can't figure this out on our own all right all right well we had a good discussion uh like i said you know we've definitely been able to identify brads now um but yeah that'll bring us to the end of episode six of the nosebleeds presented by old row sports give us a follow on instagram at old row nosebleeds uh Drop us a DM or a voicemail uh, with anything you want to talk about, uh, specifically now uh, best pickup lines. So go ahead and do that if you want. Uh, And we will see you next week. Have a happy 4th of July. Thanks for listening, guys.